Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Before we get into today's discussion, I just want to send a thank you out to somebody, Stephanie. Thank you very much for becoming a supporter of my podcast. I very much appreciate it. Um, you know, for people out there, if you're wondering, uh, people, you can't, you can't support this channel, you know, and Stephanie has, has done that and has, uh, I must be doing something right. Or, you know, people wouldn't do these kinds of things. They must like what I'm doing. I must be doing something pretty good, I guess. So, um, thank you very much, Stephanie. I appreciate that very much. And, and as I just want to point out, you know, basically my podcast, I try to, I try to get four episodes in within every seven day period i try to have at least four episodes and uh in addition i also have a youtube channel where i basically take the podcast and i break it up into different sections and uh put videos and make youtube videos and i have a following there and i actually have i've actually recently received a a patreon supporter on on youtube so I, i do appreciate any kind of support like that it's very much appreciated. Um, so thank you. So let's get on with today's discussion. And it has to do with uh, the government, as usual. And, uh, you know, this past week, the, the United States Navy, through a Freedom of Information Act request, released uh, 65 pages worth of documents. Um, and... Uh, uh, the only good thing that came out of this is the fact that uh, the documents that it, it, you know that there's there's there, there are pilots, Navy pilots are out there experiencing. They're, they're running into UAP. They're seeing UAP on a regular basis. That's the only thing you can get out of it. But other than that, you really can't read it. Let, I'm just going to scroll through here, and you can see what I'm talking about. I mean, uh, for those watching the video version, you'll see. Uh, I'm just going to scroll through this, and and you can see this. This is. Uh, ridiculous actually um totally ridiculous but uh you know what we're seeing here these are uh, what's known as range fowler reports and according to the united states navy these these reports are uh, what aviators define as a range fowler uh, which is an activity or object that interrupts pre-planned training or other military activity in a military operating area or restricted airspace so when these, and this is, you know, just from recent, this is pretty recent reports from the last couple of years here, uh, from 2020, actually. And uh, basically, it's 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 junk. I mean, it's pretty much junk. I mean, uh, I, I, you really can't, you know, glean much from these, which is a shame. I mean, it basically, it makes you feel like a, a moron. I mean, they, basically, the government uh, is treating... <laughs> people like a moron i mean like morons i mean look at this uh here we'll, we'll go also over some of these documents here i mean you can't read it there's there, you, i i can understand taking out the names right but you know uh, the names of pilots and anybody else you know but i just can't see taking all of this stuff out i mean how's that how does that harm national security you can't even tell us what the you know the the shape of these objects you can't you can't uh tell us the you know what what were they observed doing we're not allowed to know that i mean we're, we're not growing up enough yet to know that i mean let's try to read some of these here for instance here's one um <laughs> you get down into the meat of it here where it gets it where it's you know you can see all the the you know how, how much of it's redacted it's totally ridiculous it says contact at blank 
to blank, 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 estimated latitude, longitude, blank, and blank, E while at blank, was blank object in blank, blank, it made a few blank, blank during the blank, contact R blank, blank, a lot of blank, and blank, more blank, the blank was set to blank. I mean, there's nothing here. What could you possibly get out of that? I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. So I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't know. What's the point in this? You know, what's the absolute, what's, what's the, what, what, how does this help anything? And you know, again, the only thing it does is it shows that there are, uh, they are seeing things out there. And we'll go on to another one. Here's another range Fowler debrief form. Uh, we'll get into the meat here toward the bottom. It says, acquired twice, both times from a long blank section here. Detected initially upon blank, blank, blank. Contact was blank, blank, blank. Lost track during execution of blank, blank, blank. Detected again after resuming flow to the southeast post, blank, blank, blank. Traffic would blank, blank, blank. Then you can go on, you know, it just, you, you go on to, there's another page here. Uh, that you could check out beyond that just more blanks i mean look at this acquired twice both times from blank 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 detected initially upon blank 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 and blank lost track during execution of blank detected again after resuming flow to the north northeast pos blank and then a big couple of lines worth of blank would occasionally blank more uh, lines of blank, drop aggressively in altitude blank, never gain blank or blank again for remainder of flight. Now, come on. Come on. That's nothing. That's junk. We, 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 we're not getting anything here. Here's another one. Look at this. Acquired blank blank at blank and blank during exit of directed wingman of... Look at this. This is gobbledygook. There's nothing here. Contact appeared to blank winds north at nearly 100 KTS object was blank. Wow. Wow. And then it continues. Look at acquired blank, uh, blank, MSLA blank during exit of blank, directed wingman to blank, initiated to allow blank, closest point of approach was blank, unable to blank. There's nothing here. I mean, you can't really. All we know, all we, all you could tell is that they were, they were seeing something, right? That the the word in some of the the word UAP is is said is mentioned here sometimes, but for the most part, there's nothing there. There's, you can't there's you can't get anything out of it. I mean, this this is like treating us like a bunch of idiots. Now, I, I, I'm certain. Okay, I'll, I'll say this. I'm certain that the, you know. You know, other people out there could look into this and, and, and come up with the, an analysis of this. I'm sure that John Greenwald over at the Black Vault will, uh, at some point, uh, if he hasn't already, I, I haven't checked his channel out but lately, but if he, you know, I'm sure he'll look at these documents and explain why all, you know, what, what the meaning of all these uh, redacted sections, because, you know, some of them have little uh, letters and numbers in it, and he'll explain to you why. Uh, I can tell you why without even go doing that, though. I mean, the reason is because they don't want you to see uh, they don't want you to know what the shapes are of these objects that they're seeing out there for some reason. I think I thought we were beyond that. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we be past that already? Obviously, we're not. We're not beyond that yet. I mean, uh, not only we can't see what the object, the sh they don't, 
every time it, the, the shape of the object is described it's completely blacked out on all if you go through all these 65 pages of course you'll i'll leave the link and you could check it out for yourself if you haven't already seen this but i don't understand it so you can't not only do you see not see the shapes of the objects they don't describe that at all that's all redacted but also the uh the you know what what they're doing how, how they're, these objects are are seen performing in the skies they're like all of that's gone too now how is that a national secret how's that how would that divulging that information you know in any way uh, hurt our national security I, I don't see how i mean these things are obviously being controlled by extraterrestrial beings i mean if if you don't know that by now then you haven't been paying attention uh, and even the Congress has, has has talked about this recently that they they're, they're only interested in the stuff that's obviously not man-made. So why are they playing this game still? I mean, this is worse than some. We, we've seen other documents released by the government government over the years that have been declassified uh, with regard to UFOs, and many times uh, they describe saucer-shaped. You know, I mean, what's going on here? Well, why can't we see the shapes? I mean, I under I, there's not much, the, the names I get. Okay, you don't want to have someone's name out there, and then they're going to be contacted. You know, that's that's a privacy thing. I understand that, but the the rest of it doesn't make much sense to me. I'm sure there may be some other, maybe some technical things here and there, but not this much. Not this much. This is a cover up. This is a, a, a ridiculous cover up. This is you know, this is you know, trying to somebody somebody obviously in the government is trying to uh you know actually it's an insult to intelligence that they're insulting our intelligence i i think it's deliberate i think this is a deliberate insult to the, to the intelligence of people who are interested in this subject you know whoever did this this is like a joke a trick somebody somewhere sitting back laughing ha i'm not gonna let them know anything you know, you want you wonder what's what's the reasoning behind this? Is it because of some of the things that uh, you know some people have pointed out recently, like Lou Elizondo? You know, he he pointed out that uh, you know in recent years that uh, there's a people within the Pentagon who are you know religious, highly religious, and they don't want people to to think that there's beings from other worlds here. They don't want people to go there. You know, and it's because of their religious convictions that, that is one of the reasons why people in the Pentagon are withholding this information from the public. I wonder, and I wonder who was responsible for removing all the, for for all these redactions. What is the point? I mean, you have to check this out for yourself. Me just sitting here talking. I mean, you can see well, uh, you know, the examples I showed you, but this is sixty-five pages worth of this, and you really can't get much out of it. I mean, it's it's sad. It's sad to see that. I mean, it's sad because you know. Uh, I, I thought we were we're starting to get beyond that. I mean, the, 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 I would like to see the Congress, you know, respond to this, right? The, the Congress needs to respond to this. This is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this is, you know, this, this is like a, basically a slap in the face to everyone who's been, you know, we, we've been following this now. A lot of people have, I've been following it my whole life, of course, and I'm sure a lot of you out there have been following this for a long time too. But a, there's more people who have come, come on board in the past five years right since since the new york times article in 2017 but this is like a step backward to me this is a step backward when they do stuff like this this is the first time there's some other reports that came out over the last couple of years where they're he heavy on the redactions for some reason right this is well, we can't even know the shape of the object now again this is again this happened before recently but here we are again we're no, we can't even know the shape of the object let alone what the what the pilots saw doing obviously these are navy pilots who are filing these reports uh but yeah i'm not happy about it as you can see and and when you see this you know just come on come on
<sighs> yeah, I, I don't know what to say about it other than I guess uh, we can all write to our Congress members and uh, and and maybe that's the only way. Hey, could you talk to the Navy and, and ask them what the hell? What the hell is going on here? You know why? Well, you can't even tell them the shape of the object. What are we? What are we? Little little kids? Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll, we will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we are back. Okay, this past week there was an article in NPR, and uh, I will leave the link for it. And the headline reads, An astronomer thinks alien tech could be on the ocean floor. Not everyone agrees. Okay, as we all know, Harvard uh, professor Avi Loeb, you know, he's uh, someone who's, uh, you know, been investigating UFOs now. He's the person who uh, some years back uh, said that there's a possibility that that big object that entered our solar system and then exited our solar system, Oumuamua, may have been an alien object, right? He's somebody now who uh, is uh, studying UFOs as part of a, a group called the Galileo Project. And, uh, and now he's talking about some plan to try to determine whether some object that uh, went into the ocean back in 2014 may have come from another uh, galaxy, or another, excuse me, an, an, uh, come from another uh, solar system, and that possibly it may have been extraterrestrial. Now, I'm going to read through some of this article, and then I'll give you my opinion on this, and my opinion on this one might surprise some of you. Okay, eight years ago, a meteor believed to have been two feet long entered Earth's atmosphere at more than 100,000 miles an hour before exploding into tiny hot fragments and and falling into the South Pacific Ocean. Some scientists believe it came from another star system, which would make it the first known interstellar object of its size to impact Earth. Now, Professor Avi Loeb of the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics is planning an expedition to retrieve fragments of the meteor from the ocean floor. By analyzing the debris, he is hoping to determine the object's origins, even, even going so far as to make the extraordinary suggestion that it could be a technological object created by aliens. Yet, astronomers are wary of his claims, citing a lack of data on the object and insufficient evidence to support his bold conjectures about alien life. Then it continues, it says, The object that Loeb is searching for, designated CNEOS 2014-0108, 
was detected in 2014 by a network of satellites used to monitor the skies for potentially dangerous asteroids. Using data published by NASA, Loeb and Amir Suraj, then a Harvard University undergraduate studying astrophysics, first suggested the object came from outside our solar system in 2019. It moved very fast, roughly 40 kilometers per second when it, expl- when it exploded in the lower atmosphere, Loeb said, and from that we can infer that it was moving much too fast to be bound to the sun. Loeb and Suraj submitted a paper making their case to a peer-reviewed astronomy journal. The paper was rejected because their data was incomplete. Some of the data relied on observations from classified missile detection systems, making Loeb and Suraj's estimates of the object's velocity impossible for reviewers to verify. But in April, a memo published by the United States Space Command seemed to confirm that the object came from another star system. Now, Loeb is launching a $1.5 million privately funded expedition to retrieve pieces of the meteor from the ocean floor. Based on the data from the Defense Department, Loeb has focused his search to an area of nearly 40 square miles. It's just like mowing the lawn, Loeb said. We are planning to use a sled with a magnet that will scoop a very thin layer off the top of the muck. He says that testing the composition of the object could determine if it resembles those found in our solar system. There is also the possibility that that it will be made of some alloy that nature doesn't put together and that would imply the object is technological, Loeb said. If you ask what my wish is, if it's indeed of artificial origin and there are some component of the object that survived and if it has any buttons on it, I would love to press them. And of course, other astronomers are skeptical. And before we get into the skepticism of the other astronomers, I just want to uh, provide my skepticism of this. I, I, I mean, this sounds, it's very ambitious, right? It sounds very ambitious, but you're uh, an object that was, you know, <laughs> wasn't that big to begin with. Okay. Uh, two feet long. And you're going to search in a 40 square mile radius of the ocean with, with, uh, with a sled that has a magnet on it to see if you could find this thing. I mean, that's, that sounds like, uh, that's worse than trying to find a needle in a haystack. If you ask me, I mean, you know, and as a kid, actually, I tell you, I went, I went to, a, uh, you know, my parents took took me and my brothers and sisters to an amusement park, uh, Knobles Groves in Pennsylvania. I'm sure maybe some of you have heard of this place. It's one of the best amusement parks in the world. And uh, it, you know, there was some uh, program they had there for kids. They had a big giant haystack and they, they hit a nickel in there and they said, you know, whoever finds the nickel wins a prize. So, you know, it was like me and a whole bunch of other kids are, you know, running, you know, trying to pull all this hay apart, looking for this nickel. And I ended up finding that nickel. And I ended up winning some kind of prize. I think it was some uh, wind up little airplane. Right. But the thing is, right, this is a lot different than that. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know, a two foot long object that, that landed somewhere in the ocean and you're going to search, try to find it. I mean, that sounds, I mean a lot of time and effort you're going to spend to uh, one one and a half million dollars you know to try to find this thing and find any remnant of it i i just don't know about that i just don't know i don't know i i guess it's worth it but i mean i would think uh you know i, I would you know i like the gal i like what's going on there with the galileo project trying to study the the objects themselves that we're seeing on a regular basis but this one seems like a real long shot but hey hey that's just my opinion doesn't make me right you know that, that's just uh that's where i stand uh, on it but anyway let's let's look at what some of the astronomers uh say here 
Other astronomers are very skeptical. Many astronomers dismissed the idea of the object being technological, saying there are far simpler and far more likely natural explanations. And some are hesitant to conclude the meteor even came from outside our solar system. The biggest problem is the data itself. It's difficult to actually observe small, fast objects in the atmosphere. If you're a satellite and you're looking at a meteor and you can get the left to right motion, but it's hard to tell if it's coming toward you or moving away from you, said Steve Desch, an astrophysics professor at Arizona State University. He said this would make estimates of the object's velocity prone to error, making it hard to confirm if it were interstellar. The data is also sanitized, Desch said, because some of the data comes from a network that includes classified military satellites. The available data is stripped of information that could reveal United States defense capabilities, such as air bars that indicate precision of measurements. And there's more. I'm not going to read the whole article, but you know, I'll I'll leave the link for you. There's I I just I, you know, in my opinion, is I mean that seems like a pretty pretty wild goose chase. I mean, you're talking about. Uh, a two-foot-long object that crashed, crashed into the ocean, broke apart, actually, and went into the ocean in two, 2014, eight years ago. And you're going to start looking for it now? And, uh, wow, you're going to spend $1.5 million on, on that? on that. That's, you know, I could see if it landed on, on you know, on the ground somewhere in, in, in a range of, uh, in some uh, mount on top of a mountain or something maybe then you know but you're going to try to find something like that on the bottom of the ocean i mean who knows you know i don't know that's just my opinion that just seems like a, a, a gigantic long shot and I, I i have to agree with the skeptics uh for once uh, usually i do not i just think to me i mean i don't know uh to me it sounds it sounds like a waste of time anyway we're going to take another quick break and we will be right back Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, we are back. Welcome to the first annual Labor Day weekend debunker award ceremony, where those debunkers who offer nothing to the conversation with regard to UFOs and the extraterrestrial presence on Earth are recognized for their largely absurd armchair theories. The winner will receive the first ever Golden Swamp Gas Award. Now, the, the three nominees uh, who were nominated to this for this year's for the very first ceremony include science writers Ross Pomeroy Jason, and Jason Colavito, and also Mick West. And these people all uh, meet the guidelines that was established by the late Stanton Friedman, a UFO researcher that we, we all miss who passed away in 2019. Uh, but in his book, uh, Top Secret Magic, he had a list uh, that included the top 10 list of debunker principles of logic that uh, Mr. Friedman had gleaned from many years of contact with them. And we're going to, these nominees all meet that criteria. Number one, what the public doesn't know, don't tell them. Number two, don't bother me with all the facts. Number three, absence of evidence is evidence of absence. Number four, select the data that matches your conclusion. Number five, if at first the scenario 
Supporting your theory crumbles under the weight of the facts. Try, try again to prop up your theory with another scenario, then another, then another. Number six, hearsay testimony, testimony is acceptable if it supports you, but unacceptable if it supports the other guy. Number seven, it is important to be right. Number eight, loudly proclaim the strength of your testimony. Number nine, pepper your publications with references to as many personable, personal, i.e. unverifiable, interviews as possible. Number 10, don't mention references that don't support your theory. The public won't know the difference. Now, these people who were nominated for the first ever uh, Golden Swamp, Swamp Gas Award in the first in the year in the first ever Labor Day uh, weekend debunker award ceremony, uh, they all meet these criteria in one way or another over over the years. If you look at the kind of things that they do in their in their writings and their theories, they all meet this. Uh, I've seen it. So first up, science writer Ross Pomeroy, he's nominated for attacking physicist Michio Kaku for supporting the, the idea that it appears we're dealing with extraterrestrials. In a July article for Real Clear Science, Pomeroy, while presenting not an iota of information to back his own claims that there is absolutely no proof of an extraterrestrial presence on Earth, inferred that Kaku is jeopardizing his career because he does uh, support that, that notion. Why, Ross? Because he's capable of looking at the evidence, right? Not like you, though, right? You can't look at it. But he's because he looks at the evidence, that's why? Okay. Okay, no, next up, the sneering writer Jason Colavito, an armchair theorist for calling Stanford professor Dr. Gary Nolan a full-fledged UFO nut masquerading as an objective researcher. He said this last February. Colavito has done zero investigation into UFOs, has no idea what he's talking about, and brings nothing to the table except for vitriol and ignorance. And then finally, Mick West for promoting on Twitter the absurd theory dreamed up by UK resident Gideon Reed that what was really responsible for the 1994 aerial school flying saucer and extraterrestrial encounter in Zimbabwe that involved 62 chill school children who witnessed this thing was in actuality a traveling puppeteer troop. If one were to believe this theory, that means the puppeteers would have had to have been dangling from trees and moving gray alien beings about on strings, along with three large flying saucers. The alien puppets would also have had, have had to have had the ability to send telepathic messages into the brains of the kids. And also, this traveling puppet show that Mick West uh, talked about, uh, that promoted, now it wasn't his idea, it was Reed's idea, let's make that clear. Uh, but he was promoting it and said, hey, you know, that's not that's not as crazy as what the other theory is, because to him, the whole idea of extraterrestrials on Earth is just totally mad. Right. So this this is just as, uh, you know, this is just as possible, according to West. So basically, all the teachers in the school, when they came out and, and the kids were you know screaming about what just happened, there was nothing there. So that means that that traveling puppet show, the magic traveling puppet show somehow got out of the area really quick. So anyway. Those are the three nominees for the first annual uh, Labor Day Weekend Debunker Award Ceremony. And the winner of the Golden Swamp Gas Award is Mick West. Mick West, everyone. Mick West has won for promoting the Ariel School Puppeteer Theory. Congratulations, Mick. You win the first ever Golden Swamp Gas Award.
Uh, and if you want, want that award, you have to go looking for it in SWAT. We don't know where it is. got to go find. I don't really have something to send you. You have to go you know, figure it out for yourself. But, hey, it's it's not the object itself, right? It's, you know, it's it's the idea. You know, it's the whole concept. You're the first winner. You should be very proud.